Book eighteen, chapters twelve through twenty two of the City of God. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Darren L. Slider. www.logoslibrary.org. The City of God by St. Augustine of Hippo. Book eighteen. Chapter twelve. During this period, that is, from Israel's exodus from Egypt down to the death of Joshua, the son of Nun, through whom that people received the land of promise, rituals were instituted to the false gods by the kings of Greece, which by stated celebration recalled the memory of the flood, and of men's deliverance from it, and of that troublous life they then led in migrating to and fro between the heights and the plains. For even the Luperci, when they ascend and descend the sacred path, are said to represent the men who sought the mountain summits because of the inundation of water, and returned to the lowlands on its subsidence. In those times Dionysus, who was also called Father Liber, and was esteemed a god after death, is said to have shown the vine to his host in Attica. Then the musical games were instituted for the Delphic Apollo to appease his anger, through which they thought the regions of Greece were afflicted with barrenness, because they had not defended his temple, which Danaeus burnt when he invaded those lands, for they were warned by his oracle to institute these games. But King Erichthonius first instituted games to him at Attica, and not to him only, but also to Minerva, in which games the olive was given as the prize to the victors, because they relate that Minerva was the discoverer of that fruit, as Liber was of the grape. In those years Europa is alleged to have been carried off by Xanthus, king of Crete, to whom we find some give another name, and to have borne him Radamanthus, Sarpedon, and Minos, who are more commonly reported to have been the sons of Jupiter by the same woman. Now those who worship such gods regard what we have said about Xanthus, king of Crete, as true history. But this about Jupiter, which the poets sing, the theatres applaud, and the people celebrate, as empty fable got up as a reason for games to appease the deities, even with the false ascription of crimes to them. In those times Hercules was held in honour entire, but that was not the same one as he whom we spoke of above. In the more secret history there are said to have been several who were called Father Liber and Hercules. This Hercules, whose great deeds are reckoned as twelve, not including the slaughter of Antaeus the African, because that affair pertains to another Hercules, is declared in their books to have burned himself on Mount Etna, because he was not able, by that strength with which he had subdued monsters, to endure the disease under which he languished. At that time the king, or rather tyrant Bucerus, who is alleged to have been the son of Neptune by Libya the daughter of Epaphus, is said to have offered up his guests in sacrifice to the gods. Now it must not be believed that Neptune committed this adultery, lest the gods should be criminated, yet such things must be ascribed to them by the poets and in the theatres that they may be pleased with them. Vulcan and Minerva are said to have been the parents of Erichthonius, king of Athens, in whose last years Joshua, the son of Nun, is found to have died. But since they will have it that Minerva is a virgin, they say that Vulcan, being disturbed in the struggle between them, poured out his seed into the earth, and on that account the man born of it received that name. For in the Greek language Eris is strife, and Chthon earth, of which two words Erichthonius is a compound. 
yet it must be admitted that the more learned disprove and disown such things concerning their gods, and declare that this fabulous belief originated in the fact that at the temple at Athens, which Vulcan and Minerva had in common, a boy who had been exposed was found wrapped up in the coils of a dragon, which signified that he would become great, and, as his parents were unknown, he was called the son of Vulcan and Minerva, because they had the temple in common. Yet that fable accounts for the origin of his name better than this history. But what does it matter to us? Let the one in books that speak the truth edify religious men, and the other in lying fables delight impure demons. Yet these religious men worship them as gods. Still, while they deny these things concerning them, they cannot clear them of all crime, because at their demand they exhibit plays in which the very things they wisely deny are basely done, and the gods are appeased by these false and base things. Now even although the play celebrates an unreal crime of the gods, yet to delight in the description of an unreal crime is a real one. CHAPTER Thirteen. After the death of Joshua, the son of Nun, the people of God had judges, in whose times they were alternately humbled by afflictions on account of their sins, and consoled by prosperity through the compassion of God. In those times were invented the fables about Triptolemus, who, at the command of Ceres, borne by winged snakes, bestowed corn on the needy lands in flying over them about that beast the minotaur which was shut up in the labyrinth from which men who entered its inextricable mazes could find no exit about the centaurs whose form was a compound of horse and man about cerberus the three-headed dog of hell about phrixus and his sister hellas who fled borne by a winged ram about the gorgon whose hair was composed of serpents and who turned those who looked on her into stone about Bellerophon, who was carried by a winged horse called Pegasus, about Amphion, who charmed and attracted the stones by the sweetness of his harp, about the artificer Daedalus and his son Icarus, who flew on wings they had fitted on, about Oedipus, who compelled a certain four-footed monster with a human face, called a sphinx, to destroy herself by casting herself headlong, having solved the riddle she was wont to propose as insoluble about Antaeus, who was the son of the earth, for which reason, on falling on the earth, he was wont to rise up stronger, whom Hercules slew, and perhaps there are others which I have forgotten. These fables, easily found in histories containing a true account of events, bring us down to the Trojan War, at which Marcus Varro has closed his second book about the race of the Roman people, and they are so skilfully invented by men as to involve no scandal to the gods. But whoever have pretended as to Jupiter's rape of Ganymede, a very beautiful boy, that King Tantalus committed the crime, and the fable ascribed it to Jupiter, or as to his impregnating Danae as a golden shower, that it means that the woman's virtue was corrupted by gold, whether these things were really done or only fabled in those days, or were really done by others and falsely ascribed to Jupiter, it is impossible to tell how much wickedness must have been taken for granted in men's hearts that they should be thought able to listen to such lies with patience. And yet they willingly accepted them, when indeed the more devotedly they worshipped Jupiter, they ought the more severely to have punished those who durst say such things of him." But they not only were not angry at those who invented these things, but were afraid that the gods would be angry at them if they did not act such fictions even in the theatres. 
In those times Latona bore Apollo, not him of whose oracle we have spoken above, as so often consulted, but him who is said, along with Hercules, to have fed the flocks of King Admetus. Yet he was so believed to be a god that very many, indeed almost all, have believed him to be the self-same Apollo. Then also Father Liber made war in India, and led in his army many women called Bacchae, who were notable not so much for valour as for fury. Some indeed write that this Liber was both conquered and bound, and some that he was slain in Persia, even telling where he was buried, and yet in his name, as that of a god, the unclean demons have instituted the sacred, or rather the sacrilegious, bacchanalia, of the outrageous vileness of which the Senate, after many years, became so much ashamed as to prohibit them in the city of Rome. Men believed that in those times Perseus and his wife Andromeda were raised into heaven after their death, so that they were not ashamed or afraid to mark out their images by constellations, and call them by their names. CHAPTER fourteen. During the same period of time arose the poets, who were also called theologues, because they made hymns about the gods. Yet about such gods, as although great men, were yet but men, or the elements of this world which the true God made, or creatures who were ordained as principalities and powers, according to the will of the Creator and their own merit. And if, among much that was vain and false, they sang anything of the one true God, yet by worshipping him, along with others who are not gods, and showing them the service that is due to him alone, they did not serve him at all rightly. And even such poets as Orpheus, Musaeus, and Linus were unable to abstain from dishonouring their gods by fables. But yet these theologues worshipped the gods, and were not worshipped as gods, although the city of the ungodly is wont, I know not how, to set Orpheus over the sacred, or rather sacred,